This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 6, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. China is telling the world we are ready for the Olympics and for the scrutiny such an event brings. Jim Dorn, the Cato Institute's Vice President for Academic Affairs and editor of Cato Journal, comments on what China wants the world to see and what it's doing to make sure we see it. I think it, uh, the Chinese leadership sees it as a uh, really an opportunity to showcase uh, what China's accomplished over the last 30 years uh, by moving towards a more open, well, not so much open society as a open economy uh, and uh, opening to the outside world. Uh, they've made tremendous progress in terms of increasing the standard of living, uh, but yet uh, they won't let reporters freely report uh, from Tiananmen Square uh, people are basically imprisoned for giving away, quote, state secrets, uh, for example, like during the earthquake, uh, making announcements on the website or something. So uh, in that sense, um, the leadership still has its head in the sand. And uh, if you're going to have an open economy, you also need to have free flow of information, and you ought to be able to criticize the government openly. Uh, and uh, if you lack that ability to criticize, um, you really don't have a dynamic uh, free society. And I think we may witness some of that during the Olympics. In the effort to make China appear presentable to to the world, uh, the po- political leadership has decided that certain industrial processes are just going to stop for the duration, trying to clear the skies of uh, pollution. Vast quantities of water and other resources are being moved from one part of the country to another in order to satisfy the demand that will be in, in Beijing. You know, how far removed is China from a country like North Korea, where vast amounts of resources can simply be moved from one place to another without compensation at the direction of a central authority how you know if the if the goal is to save face it just seems a, a little uh ineffective well even with these uh, measures uh, apparently uh, the pollution is still fairly severe uh and uh the pollution stems primarily from state-owned enterprises and local officials who have as their main goal, just like under central planning, uh, economic growth at any expense. And actually, there's some environmentalists are rather excited about this experiment because it gives them an opportunity to see what happens if you do shut down all this stuff, if you can really clean up the environment. Uh, but it is a state-driven experiment uh, at the expense of uh, private property and the expense of uh, people's uh, livelihoods. Uh, so it's going to be a rather extreme cost uh, rather than uh, sort of gradual trade-offs as occurs under a normal situation uh, like in the United States that we have economic growth. We also have a demand for cleaner air and water, and people are willing to pay for that. Uh, so instead of letting uh, private arrangements uh, and some government regulation uh, lead to cleaner air and water, it's a major effort. Uh, and it's going to be interesting, actually, to see if it has any marginal impact on the, uh, on the pollution situation. But certainly what we're not seeing, we may see cleaner air and water, but what we're not seeing is the, um, the huge cost it's imposing on individuals in, in China. 
the Olympics appear to be like a reintroduction of Beijing to the world. Can you give, in a sense, some sort of best case scenario for how that turns out for uh, China's future prospects to be um, more largely integrated into the world? Well, if they pull this off without a hitch, uh, and they also win a lot of gold medals, I think it'll be uh, <clears throat> a dramatic increase in kind of nationalism within China and uh, being proud of the country, which is, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, they can be proud to the extent that they have allowed uh, private ownership. Most people own their own homes now. Uh, they don't have to work for state enterprise. They can work in the non-state sector, which is a dynamic sector. Uh, and the people in China are very excited about the Olympics, uh, as they should be. So I think if they put that face forward, that will be fine. But I wouldn't be surprised. This is a golden opportunity for demonstrations as well. And the security is extremely tight. Uh, but in today's information age, uh, demonstrations can take place in a variety of ways. And people may be willing to risk quite a bit to do this uh, when they have a, a world stage. Uh, and how China reacts to any potential demonstrations uh, is going to be extremely important because if they overreact, um, then that could put a very nasty face on, on these Olympics. In a country like the United States, we place individuals and rights before government. So the rights pre-exist government, and the function of government is to protect those rights to life, liberty, and property. In China, they have it really upside down. Even though it's a People's Republic of China, uh, the rights seem to stem from government, and government tells people what they're allowed to do uh, rather than protecting pre-existing rights. Uh, now that people have a stronger guarantee of private property rights and incomes are rising, especially in the coastal areas, uh, they're demanding a greater protection of the similar rights that they have in the United States. Um, what if the Chinese government refuses to allow uh, a safeguarding of these more fundamental rights, uh, this is going to cause a clash between political and economic reform. And I think this is going to be a real test in, in, in the next 10 to 20 years, whether or not they allow f greater freedom of information, uh, a court system that actually protects individual rights, and so on. Uh, because the Chinese uh, people are going to be demanding those rights, uh, including people in the rural areas who've had their land does not have they do not have uh, really uh, definite and specific uh, land use rights, and they do not have private property rights, uh, uh, even though their families might have had this land for for generations. Uh, so I think you know you have openness on the one hand, a world audience for the Olympics, but on the other hand, uh, people are shooed out of the city, and as like you said. Uh, plants are being closed, people are saying they can't drive, uh, and so on. Uh, so you can't have it both ways. They, they, they need a, a framework for the development of, of human rights, um, and at some point the party's monopoly on power is going to be uh, uh, basically under attack uh, if they don't allow this to happen naturally, spontaneously. Uh, so I think we're seeing that uh, that clash. Now, there's a lot more openness today than it used to be. Under Mao, private property was uh, uh, against the law. Capitalism was a crime. Uh, that's no longer the case. Jim Dorn is vice president for academic affairs at the Cato Institute and editor of Cato Journal. 
You can read more of his work on China and the Olympics at Cato.org.